0: have you ever dreamed of running away from your nine to five to start a cafe and a bakery where you can surround yourself with delicious bread and people and food all day long if so stick around because that's exactly what today's guest did hello friends kendra from kendralosi.com and you've tuned in to invisible to invincible podcast where passionately driven business owners share their journeys from hidden gems to industry leaders. Together, we'll uncover the secrets, mental shifts, and business strategies that turn these hidden gems into undeniable forces. Hit that subscribe button and let's dive in. Our guest today is CEO and founder of Baking Boss, Naomi Rose. Naomi is a food business strategist and baking coach who helps people achieve baking success. With a passion for baking and an unwavering commitment to helping others achieve their goals, Naomi has made it her mission to help as many people as possible learn how to bake and build successful baking businesses. Growing on her extensive experience in the nonprofit sector where she honed her skills in events, communications, digital marketing, project management, Naomi quickly established herself as a force to be reckoned with in the competitive world of food and hospitality, winning national awards. Today, Naomi aims to inspire and educate, aspiring bakers and food entrepreneurs from all walks of life with her latest business, Baking Boss, sharing her wealth of knowledge and expertise through online workshops and podcasts, Baking Boss Kitchen Secrets. Whether you're looking to take your baking skills to the next level or build a thriving food business from scratch, Naomi is the ultimate guide and mentor ready to help you achieve your dream. Welcome, Naomi. Thanks for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. Okay. As I was saying, it's not very often that you hear of somebody actually leaving their office job and starting a cafe or a bar or bakery and you did that so can you talk about what it was like to make that decision to change your whole life and your career all at once
1: yeah so I mean in a way it was kind of something that was just bigger inside of me than I realized I think it wasn't anywhere near an easy decision but I just got to a point where I thought I need to do something I absolutely love doing. I just don't want to wake up in twenty, thirty years time and think I've done a job for someone else, which I just, I'm just don't really care. It's not that, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't want to do a good job. I just didn't care about it. And I thought, well, I only live once. So I've just got to give it a go. Otherwise I don't want to be that person that spends their time going, what if at the end of their life, <laughs> just not doing it. So it was a more of a case of, I have to do this, otherwise I'm just always going
0: to wonder what's going to happen. That's amazing. Yeah, I hear that more and more from people too, the more I talk to people. So talk to us a little bit about you were in a nine to five and then you left that. Can you walk us through that journey a little bit?
1: Yeah, so leaving the nine to five, I mean, when I used to work for other people, I was quite a strong minded person and still am. And I just found it difficult to do stuff that I didn't always 100% agree with. I was always do it, but I just always felt that the direction was wrong for what I believed in. So Mm -hmm. I was like, there's no other option. I'm going to have to do my own business because that's the way my brain thinks. But I think the biggest and most challenging thing transitioning from working for someone else to then going and opening your business is suddenly you're, You've got no backup. You don't have the person that you can go to and go, hey, I'm, I'm stuck. What do I do? Because you are that person. You have to work out the decisions yourself. And certainly in I think in hospitality, particularly, it's really quite tricky because you have service with a smile. So every other business that you think you could maybe ask for help or support, you really don't know what's going on behind the scenes because people have this kind of, Everything's absolutely fine and everything's okay. So, it in a way you kind of feel like you're completely on your own and you're just flying solo. And it's it was very daunting to begin with. It was actually really quite tricky, but I I, I knew that I had a plan. I had a I literally had a step by step spreadsheet that was color coded. It had <laughs> project management all over it. And I thought, I've just got to keep taking one step at a time and just work through this list and just keep the faith that I've got a direction and I know where I want to go. And in a way, I was still working full time when I was building the cafe and bar and the cafe and bar needed a complete overhaul. It was it was a building that wasn't a cafe and bar. And I set basically the best part of eight weeks to do it in. So, but And it took three months in the end. So we went over schedule because I wanted to be open before Christmas because I knew Christmas from a business point of view would bring in the money, mm-hmm. which is crazy and equally a good strategy because you were going into the biggest time, busiest time of year, not knowing what you're doing. But <laughs> uh, I knew it from a financial point of view, it made the most sense. So I was still working nine to five until the November, I think mid-November and we opened on the 4th of December in the end so i was juggling two very busy projects at the same time and yeah it was it was definitely like my head was so much focused on getting to opening day that i actually then didn't really com- really consider how much effort i would need once it's open <laughs> <laughs> so I got to opening day and thought yes I've done it and then realized like no this is it now this is every day (laughs) so I was absolutely shattered by the time we got to open day but it was I mean it was an amazing transition but yes it was you needed a strong mind and some days you just did not have that it wasn't always there it was definitely lots of self-doubt lots of questioning what you were doing and learning it was such a big learning curve I didn't you know I didn't realize we needed building control I mean these are all basic things that people go well if you've done it before you would know that well I hadn't done it before so I didn't know that but we learned so but it was a really steep learning
0: curve (laughs) so why a cafe and bar I think for me I'd I'd always
1: baked I baked up my whole life it'd always been there in the background and it's something that My grandmother, my business was named after my grandmother, Elsie May, and she always wanted her own tea room. And I spent a lot of time with her. And she had this kind of amazing zest for life, if you like. She was very positive. She always saw the bright side of everything. She never complained. And I wanted to create somewhere that people could go relax, meet friends, be there on their own. Or, you know, just feel that they can go to a place where they can take their dog, enjoy a nice coffee, maybe hear some live music. And that's what I wanted to create. I wanted to create this space that people could enjoy because I felt that I could offer that to people and that be that comfort away from home that they sometimes need. And it, it just felt that was the right place for me. And it combined my love of baking and mm-hmm. the, the bar actually was more from a business point of view. I knew the bar would help support the cafe, which was my true passion. But the bar would be where we'd make a bit more money. So sensibly, it was a good addition to have. Plus, I get to do all the fun evenings and themes and all of that sort of thing. And I just love doing events. So that was it was really what was sort of got me into the whole business, really.
0: Absolutely. And where was this magical cafe located?
1: It was in just a north of Cambridgeshire in the UK, so probably about an hour outside of London.
0: Okay, and then you went about adding to it as well in a really interesting way, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, so obviously when we opened, it was the end of 2018, so we had 15 months of basically getting to grips with everything, learning everything, before we then went straight into lockdown and the pandemic. So Mm -hmm. a thing that nobody could have possibly predicted a sort of thrown this spanner in the works. But myself and the team went, well, let's use this as an opportunity that we don't get very often in business, and particularly in hospitality, where we've been able to stop. So let's look at everything we're doing well. Let's get rid of the stuff we're not doing so well and don't want to do anymore. And let's focus on what we do next. And I always loved baking bread. It was something I'd done, probably the only baking course I did was in bread, believe it or not. So I hadn't trained professionally or anything like that, but I loved working with bread. But I didn't get time with the cafe, there just wasn't enough hours. And we had a tiny kitchen, it was like almost like a home kitchen setup. So baking bread was just not going to happen. But we'd had so many problems with our a bakery supplier because I use local and they had gone through terrible problems with staff so sometimes we'd, we wouldn't get our bread until lunchtime yeah. and when you're serving breakfasts from 9am people want bread <laughs> so yeah it's like it's like a standard right, right so, yeah right, right so let maybe let's just start baking bread for just the cafe and we'll just try it and see where we go and I you know taught my staff and we all started serving it. And people can go I love your bread where do you get it from like when we bake it well, Can you make us some? Like, no, we've got other which is tidy. <laughs> so but yes, we started sort of selling the odd bit here and there on the side. and then when we went back into the second lockdown, I started actually delivering it and selling it to people as well, because I had the capacity then because the cafe wasn't running hundred um, percent of the time. So I was like, I think this town needs a bakery. there's a there's a gap in the market. It doesn't have one. It's not there's no artisan bakery here. And I think people might like it. So I'd initially gone to the bank to get a loan because they were offering resilience loans at the time in the UK. And the bank said no because I wasn't in, I wasn't making profit every month. And I'm like, I'm breaking even. It's lockdown. I think I'm yeah. doing all right. And I thought, yeah. isn't that the whole purpose of a resilience loan to help you get back on your feet again? Um, anyway, that's a whole <laughs> I don't other. Know issue, what
0: resilience but... means? Like...
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know, but uh, anyway. It, one of my friends said, well, why don't you think about crowdfunding? And I'm like, That's a, it's a brilliant idea because actually what it does is I can involve the community. I can find out if this is actually really what, it, what they want in the town. And I'm building a customer base for the bakery before it's even opened. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. And I then get the funding that I need from people investing into my idea that then can help me open my business. So that's what we did, and the support was unbelievably overwhelming. I didn't quite believe how much we ended up raising. It was seventeen thousand pounds in the UK, so absolutely more than what we'd asked for. From three over three hundred people had invested as well, and it was just phenomenal community support for it. So we were able to open it, and it, it was it was amazing. And we had to, I mean the we had to teach ourselves lots of new bakes as well because sourdough was not my thing I did not get on with sourdough we were not friends for a very long time I I actually think it took us about three months before we mastered how to get a sourdough loaf to work properly it took that long and that was practicing recording every day and we literally had a sheet and it was like a scientific experiment where we just adjusted things slightly every day until we got what we wanted. So yeah, so we added the bakery, which opened in January 22. And I decided to enter the team into Britain's Best Loaf Awards, partly just to go out and have a bit of a networking day and eat Mm -hmm. lots of lovely bread and meet lots of bakeries. And this was three months after opening. And we went and won the award, which I'm completely, <laughs> completely blown away by because it was something that we'd gone in just kind of going, we'll be open-minded, we'll get some feedback, we'll have a nice time. But it was such a such a good way to celebrate all the amazing things that we'd worked so hard to do, and actually truly show you the hard work was definitely worth actually what we'd gone through to get to that point. So it was it was really quite special. I we completely couldn't believe it really happened to us, really. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So you changed this year from the yes. bakery, correct? So can you talk a little bit about that as well? Like this next pivot that you made?
1: Yeah. So not long after we'd won that award and we were thought, right, we're just we're starting to come out of the pandemic, we've got the bakery going, everything's going in the right direction finally. And then the cost of living crisis hit, the war in Ukraine and Russia had an almost an immediate impact on the bakery where our flour delivery went from three days overnight to 14 days.
0: And oh
1: everything just started to get, all the energy bills rose, everything started getting more expensive. And even though we still had a good regular customers, they weren't spending as much. And there's only so much I can do to put up profits. Mm -hmm. And there seemed to be also a bit of a, in hospitality, as well as a lot of other industries here in the UK, there seemed to be a lot of staffing shortages. So bakeries that were in the bigger cities compared to me were offering that were working for me that were apprentice level, jobs that were requiring skills of people with three to four years experience which was paying a hell of a lot more than I had and wow. yeah. I mean of course why wouldn't they take those kind of jobs so it was it was really tricky and they kept saying to me I don't know what to do I'm like you have to do what's right for you yeah. but I can't pay you what you're asking for because it's not the right standard for the industry so it was just everything got very difficult and in the end I had to make the decision to close the business which was absolutely the last resort and I kept it going as long as I could but financially this situation wasn't going to improve and the bills kept just getting larger and I hadn't built up enough cash flow from building the bakery and everything else and getting through COVID to weather the storm of what was coming next which we didn't know how long it was so the most sensible decision to make was to close it which was was very very difficult and one that I know I wasn't the only one very upset about it. I had a lot of customers who were but incredibly supportive. And I actually, when we were talking about how I would go about what the PR messaging was, I'm like, I'm going to tell people what's actually going on, I'd rather they understood what's going on behind the scenes and have other baking businesses similar to mine, feel that there's some comfort knowing that this is not just happening to them, it's happening to me as well. And in a way, it's like I say, service with a smile, you keep everything behind closed doors in hospitality because you don't want people to see any struggles. But sometimes I think it really helps people understand what goes on and they're allowed then to support in the ways that they feel comfortable to do so.
0: I think there's some really extreme power to what you're saying, because there's so many, there's this precedence in the world that we can't show those struggles, that we can't tell people what's happening. Like you're saying service with a smile, especially in hospitality and a lot of, mm. I've seen it in other industries as well. And, you know, my own parents had a business for 26 years and, you know, all it took was two big box brand stores going in not far from them and their business just diminished. And it's mm-hmm. it's a very hard decision to make to close a business or to, to make a pivot like you've done that's very extreme like that because you put so much passion and energy and focus and time and resources and everything into that business that I think that being able to tell people why you're making the decisions you're making like you said it really really can help them.
1: Yes. I I believe so. And I, I think uh, people don't people don't realize it actually costs you money to close a business mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, it, actually you have to accommodate for that. So, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes talking about all of these things that really go on behind the scenes can help make people better and stronger in the industry because they realize there is a support out there. And I was very fortunate because when I first opened my business I was really scared of the competition, but actually we talked quite a lot to each other. And we, particularly during the the pandemic, it was quite useful to have that support from other businesses, but people don't see that. And I think a lot of baking businesses, particularly if they're on their own, they don't get to have that support because they don't know it's there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what well, that's what I kind of wanted to share was, you know, you're not alone in this. This is where what's happening. There's ups and downs, and we can all be here together to support each other.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm I no, I'm I'm thinking of my cousin who actually bought a cafe the week before he bought the cafe in February of 2020, and March 13th nice. is when everything shut down here in California, so it was very much like he had this brand new cafe he just bought and he had to figure it, figure it out like well, what am I going to do and I think that had he had more people to talk to you know he did really well and, and got very creative because he didn't know what he didn't know but I think that there's a lot of how much more could you have done if you knew and were able to have those conversations with others not just you but general bakers and general yeah. people in industry. I, I
1: 100% agree I think it's very, very difficult. And when I first started the business, I'd gone from nine to five office to suddenly running a cafe bar, and then later on, obviously, bakery. And I was flying blind, I, I, there was no one I could find that could help support with a small cafe business. There was lots of big food, consultants and food brands and restaurants, but it wasn't what I was. So everything I learned was googled, or (laughs) guest and it you know I wasted a lot of money my staff used to laugh at me because I used to keep getting stuff wrong with the Amazon orders as well so they'd either tie on up giant or tiny for kitchen equipment so I'd like have the massive great big tweezers when they only wanted small ones (laughs) or like big big ladles that they didn't need I mean it was just ridiculous but I mean it they were just the small examples of stuff that just got wrong but it was there was a lot of learning and a lot of my time was taken up by just trying to work it all out without knowing what to do and how to do
0: it and those are steep steep learning curves that you have to make up quickly right like yes you said I'm gonna do this I'm starting to do this and now I'm like okay I thought I needed to know this isn't that always the case right like you think you only yes. need to know like a few things like okay this is what it's gonna take and then all of a sudden you open it up and you're like oh Wait, I need to know all the things.
1: <laughs> yes. And then, you know, you, you you don't really appreciate that customers are then there and they have questions. And you you kind of got to try to answer them confidently. We're thinking, is that the right answer?
0: I'm going to make it up confidently until I get there. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Bake it till you make it is my face.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, along those lines, in the problems and the challenges that you ran into trying to navigate that. Can you talk a little bit about about what you did after about your current business and what you created after you decided to close down the bakery?
1: Yeah. So it closing the bakery was definitely just it was, it was horrible in many, many ways, but it was absolutely the right decision. There was no other option. I'd run out of options. And even though my head will always go, what else could I have done? And that will always happen. I think I know that I did exactly the best I could do with what I had at the time. But Mm -hmm. where it kind of led me to was I've just done, been through this whole entire journey. I've done a lot of it on my own with no support. And well, that said, I have my team and my team were brilliant. And my friends and family around me were also brilliant. So there was support there. But the actual business running management and all that sort of thing, it was all by myself. I did it sort of on my own. And I didn't want to lose all this knowledge and everything I'd learned from those years of just figuring it all out. I wanted to use it for good. So that's exactly why I created Baking Boston. In fact, the day after the official paperwork went through on the closing of the cafe, this new business started. So I did it straight away. It wasn't like I had much of a downbeat. But I like no I'm not I'm not gonna have just gone through all of this just to let it fester in my mind and vanish because people need help and people need support and I don't want their I want us to be able to talk openly about you know business finances, how to price your products how to do stuff, what happens when environmental health comes around, because that is always terrifying to know what to do when environmental health comes around. But I want to be able to have these conversations with people and people be able to ask questions and get honest answers so that they can create successful businesses they want to run in their own ways. And I thought, well, I'm gonna create Baking Boss because it gives me the opportunity to still do what I love, which is bake, because I love baking. So I do a lot of recipe writing and I share my recipes with my followers because they love baking too and I get loads of tips from them they're amazing I just learn so much from them as much as I share my recipes I learn a lot from them and then I can also talk about the other side of it which is the business bit which a lot of people that bake go in because they love baking so they start a business because they love baking but actually the business side is not their zone of genius and it's a whole different skill and knowledge there so I wanted to be able to
0: give we lost you for a second. Those of you watching, Naomi is in the middle of the UK and there's tremendous storms happening. So we're going to bear with us here for a second. Make sure have a lot oh, more, a lot back. more baking, Bit I am. <laughs> we lost you for whatever you were just saying. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, do you want to start that again? Can, yes. you repeat, Go, do, can you repeat what, that uh, very
1: passionate statement you <laughs> were <was> like no <laughs> uh, no problem yeah so baking boss it started the day after I closed the cafe and bar and I wanted it to can not lose any of the knowledge and all of that information I learned over the years and I don't want people to ever feel alone doing their own baking businesses that's I was alone for a lot of it and it was quite lonely and I want people to be able to go somewhere for support they could ask questions and not feel like they're being stupid we can talk about finances openly which is a topic that often doesn't get talked about what happens when environmental health comes around all of those bits that you're like i just don't know what to do but that's Mm -hmm. why baking boss exists but it also gives me the opportunity to bake as well because i love baking i love creating recipes and that's where the whole business began So I share all the recipes that I've learned, all the skills I've learned in baking because I've learned a huge amount, not just by just a lot of it practicing, but from my team as well. My team were amazing bakers. We're all home bakers and we learn from each other and we learn from our customers as well because they helped create that. So I have an amazing team of community of people that love baking they share their tips with me I learn from them and we just share our love of baking and then I also got a community of baking business owners who start their businesses loving to bake but they don't their zone of genius really isn't the business side of it it's not something they know and that's not nothing to say that they're stupid or anything like that far from it it's just that it's a whole knowledge and another skill set that you need it and it's a different part of your brain to use and that's where I can help because I've done both sides of it so I understand the baking side but I also know the business side and that combining the two without having to make the choice between doing something you love and creating a business because often we think we can't do both but you absolutely can do both and I can help kind of build that bridge that they can create a successful baking business that's built around them rather than something that they end up having to do many, many hours a week to really try and make the money they need to have the business survive, which is often what you see a lot in the industry.
0: I think that's really powerful. And I see it a lot in other industries as well, right? Like healthcare people, or, and I've worked a lot with them lately, where they go in, you know, they're a physical trainer or a physical therapist, or they're, you know, some person who's passionate, an author, you're passionate about what you create, and that thing you can do and how you can help people or what you can create in the world but then the business side is entirely like you said the opposite side of your brain a lot of times Yeah. and like everything else it has its own language and it has its own things and, and it's to your point it's extremely hard to find the things that are relevant how to price what to do what to expect how to look out for you know what to look out for how to get started what to you know no one wants surprises in their business right.
1: No, so, and also there's so much. When you start Googling stuff, there is so much information. So you suddenly end up with a to-do list that is so massive that you mm-hmm. can't possibly do it, which then you end up working 80 hours a week just to get through all the things that people tell you you should be doing rather than actually creating the right business for you. And that that is a really hard thing to work out how to do on your own. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I can't tell you how many times I've had businesses come to me and I used to work in a very regulated market like the CBD cannabis space. And I had so many businesses that they went through marketers specifically and every marketer told them to do something different. And so now that by the time they get to me, they have no money left. Their business hasn't grown They Think they're trying. They think they need to do 40 different things on social media and email and all these things. And they really just need to do one well to start out. And they're so burnt out and tired and exhausted and frustrated by the time they even find me <laughs> that you're like, okay, how can we help? Let's let's figure this out. Because they, you know, the Google the Google results that they got had so many, like you said, like thousands and millions of things that you should do as a business owner. And if any of us tried to do all of them, we would be exhausted all the time.
1: Yes. And I think the other thing is Often we think with, like particularly in baking, we think about the cakes first. And actually we need to kind of think a bit like a CEO, even though there might just be us. Actually, we need to think like a leader. We need to think like what's, what's right here for the business and where are my skills best used? And sometimes we feel like we can't outsource stuff. That's not our thing. But actually it's kind of going, well, if you outsource, say, your social media, because you knew that would bring in customers and sales, isn't that a better use of your money rather than you? That's your cost. You're, you're costing your business money by doing that. So it's, it, In a way, it's helping people figure out what's right for their business rather than what they've been told or what they think they should do and or they should do everything themselves and try and make it all work and not have enough time to do it.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And that it's okay to ask for help and to find help,
1: yeah, yeah but you, know, you, you feel like you have to do it all alone. and I, I I know I was there for a very long time, and i it took me years before I felt comfortable asking for help. So <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I love this. I love our conversation, Naomi, and I love what you've created. And I love what you're doing with baking boss. So can you please let everyone know as we're wrapping up here? I have two more questions for you one what based on all your experience and the pivots you've had to make and the really tough hard decisions that you've had to make as well as the fun ones right Mm -hmm. what advice that you would give to somebody who might be thinking about I'm feeling stuck I'm unhappy I don't know if I should do that next thing
1: I think the biggest thing for me is we've always got a choice so sometimes it's very easy to put limits on what we're capable of and listen to what everybody else says but actually opinion is really the lowest form of knowledge so you've just got to do what you love and even if it doesn't go the way you've planned even if you know I had to close a business I did it and I'm still here and it's worked out so mm-hmm. actually sometimes you just got to try things but as long as you've got a destination and given that people, if you love what you do and you're passionate, you that will far more carry you than being having every bit of knowledge it comes to when you run a business. Because actually when you start a business, we're all starting from ground zero. No one has really much more knowledge than the other because it's your business. So you create it the way you want, but just instead of thinking of the reasons you shouldn't do it, think of the reasons you should. So go for solutions, not problems. <laughs>
0: That's fantastic. Fantastic. And can you tell everyone where they can find you what you have going on? And that where they know where they can connect with you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on all the socials. I am baking boss. So come find me on Instagram. I've got a couple of Facebook groups. So one for business owners and one for baking, but you can find all the links in my social media channels. I've got a website where you can go to the blog for business advice and lots of recipes, which is bakingboss.net. And I've got a couple of freebies on there. But I've also got a free challenge and I'm going to be launching my new Baking of Business course at the end of November. So that is going to be a really great opportunity to get involved and get your business started and get everything you need to do what it is you do best, which is bake and sell lots of amazing cakes so we can all eat them all
0: absolutely right absolutely yeah and we more cake yeah. in the world 100% agree with that <laughs> I'm like let them eat cake no that's not right yeah yeah definitely Lots <laughs> of, cake. Lots of cake. cake. you can find all of Naomi's links and contact information in the show notes so go check that out Naomi thank you so much for being here I know there's a raging storm going on where you're at so I appreciate you yeah. taking time out <laughs> oh, thank you for having me <laughs> time out. thank you so much All right, and everyone, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks.